Hello, and welcome to Wine, Weird and Wonder, a true crime and paranormal podcast. Each week, we start with a bit of wine, the combo gets a bit weird, and then we all begin to wonder what on earth is going on. We're your hosts. I'm Bobby. And I'm Rosie. Please be aware the stories we'll be sharing may cover content that some of our audience may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome! Welcome, everybody! To Wine, Weird and Wonderful! No, that's not a title. What is it? Wine, Weird and Wonder. LOL! (laughs) Let's start again. Free take. Now, it's episode three. Yes. Third time lucky after the first two disasters, so hopefully we'll do a better job this time. I mean, no promises. No. (laughs) No. We're looking at each other with, like, fear-fueled... How is this going to go? What's new? What's new with you? What's new with me? Yeah. I mean, we're not going to talk about what date it is today, because by the time this comes out, it's going to be completely irrelevant. So irrelevant. It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. I mean, we might have to edit that bit out because by the time this comes out, it may just show up. Probably be April. Yeah. It'll be summer solstice. <laughs> What's new with me? Literally nothing. I'm hibernating because it's dark by 4pm. Yeah. So I'm not trying to have much human interaction. But it was winter solstice a couple of days ago, so now every day is going to get longer. It was what? Summer, winter solstice. What's that? Winter like solstice? Solstice. Do you know what? You don't know. So like soul sisters. You've offended many people. I thought you'd know where it was. No. It's like where the winter peaks and then the days get longer after. Oh, is that happening now? It happened two days ago. So that was so the every peak. Day. So that was the darkest it was at the earliest. Yeah, so now every day is going to get longer. Wow, that's good. Yeah, it is. So. What's new with you, Bobs? Literally, nothing. We're not very exciting people, are we? No, we're really boring. There probably is, but I just can't think of it right now because I've been too busy. I feel like it's been like a manic, chaotic week. It has. It really has. Of running around. Yeah. Right. So, shall we start with our stories? So, do you want to go first? Okay, I'll go first. With your story. I'm excited. You went first last time. What do you have for me today? So, today's story is a haunted house. The most haunted house in London. In London? To be precise, yeah. It is called 50... Apparently it's called Barclay instead of Berkeley, how it's spelled. So I'm just going to call it Barclay Square. I'm pretty sure it's Berkeley Square. Well, that's what I thought, but apparently someone says something on the internet. That's in central. Let me elevate music. Okay. So after some investigation, we're going to go with Barclay Square, right? Okay. Right. Maybe we're wrong, maybe we're right. Apparently Barclay Square. So that's what I'm just going to go with for the rest of the story. Once I find my notes again. Okay. You already know what this is? No, I just know where the square is. Okay. I've never heard the story. Oh. Never heard of it at all. Fine. So, 50 Berkeley Square is a Georgian townhouse in Mayfair, London. 
It was built in 1750 and in the late 19th century was said to be the most haunted house in London. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the attic is said to be the most haunted room in the house and multiple deaths have occurred in the house. Oh, lovely. So this is just a bit of history about it. It still stands here today, but there was a point where it was neglected and run down and derelict until it was bought by an antiquarian bookseller, Mags Brothers, in 1938, and they still own it today. So, another fun fact. Prime Minister George Canning lived at the house until he died in 1827 from pneumonia. Um... But he was only Prime Minister for five months, which is probably why. I was going to say, I don't think I've heard of him. I didn't recognise the name. I mean, I'm not great with history of British Prime Ministers, because Lord knows we've had about ten this year already. (laughs) (laughs) We have. Who have we had? I'm not even going to go into it. But you know, like, say there was a pub quiz and it was like, who was the Prime Minister when... King Charles was appointed as the king. No one's going to get that right because it was Liz Truss and she was Prime Minister for what? Oh my God. 20 days or whatever it was. It was, it was Theresa May or was that the year before? This is what I'm saying. I can't I keep can't. up with these people. Who is it now? Rishi? Yeah. But did you see the thing about Liz Truss with the lettuce? With the lettuce? Yeah. No. The Daily Mail newspaper put a live feed of a lettuce and it was like, who's going to last longer, Liz Truss or the lettuce? And the so the lettuce won. The lettuce won. Because I, I, I swear, I feel like I finished my morning coffee <laughs> and she had been and gone. Yeah, 100%. I don't know what... All she did was come in, quote some Taylor Swift. Did she quote Taylor Swift? Yes, she kept talking about... You're joking. In the famous words of Taylor Swift. It's like, Are quote, you joking? No. Prime she Minister. It was a hard time for everyone. Where was I? Probably just... What planet was I on? It was just too much to take in. And then did you see King Charles when she went to meet him? And he went... Oh, he yeah, like, I did see that. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. Back again. Yeah. <laughs> in his head, he's probably thinking, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't happy with that. But anyway, so she beat him because she didn't last five months. So, yeah. But yeah, he died... He didn't. He died of pneumonia, but he didn't die in the house. He died in somewhere called Chiswick House, but apparently he lived there until he died. Aww. And then, oh, and then after him, the house would, was owned by the Honourable Elizabeth Curzon, who lived in the house also until she died, aged 91, in 1859. After Ms Curzon died, a gentleman called Thomas Myers moved in, so Thomas bought the house to live in with his wife to be, and he furnished it, done the whole house like up ready for them to move in. But a few days before the wedding, she left him for another man. Like you do. What do you mean like you do? He's literally just bought a house and furnished it for you to move into. I'm being sense the sarcasm. A few days before the wedding, she was like, bitch, bye. Well, boy, bye. Boy, bye. I got a different man. I so, mean... A little old lady that I met, a friend of my dad's, she, she's she's Irish, and she's like... Um, okay. No, like... She's I don't little, think I've I, heard of this lady. <laughs> no, well, my dad calls her mum, but I've met her twice. 
Okay. Basically, she was a client, but you know, my dad's like, took a liking to her, whatever. Mm. We went there one day and I was sitting there and she was like, oh, she must have been like in her, she must have been in her 80s, like very old. And she was like, oh, you know, um, she's like, I bet you have like many boyfriends. <laughs> many suitors. I said, sorry. <laughs> you should have seen my dad with his tea, like. Your dad as well, I can yeah. imagine. And I said, no, no, no. She said, well, you should. Oh, and you know you think of like the older older ladies and like we've caught in back in the day and then they get married and they're with their their husband yeah, forever. Yeah, be a bit more. Yeah, she was like, "Well, you should you should have as many boyfriends as you want." Oh, until until you decide who you want to marry, you shouldn't give. Uh, Is she talking from her own mistake? I don't know. I think she was married for like most of her life. That's what I'm saying. She got locked down to one man. Now she's full of regret. No, but she's not the first person to say it. Like they say, you should have more than one. You should have multiple boyfriends until you decide who I mean, you want to marry. I don't know, honestly, who's got that energy for that because one is enough for me. I know, but I think what her point that she was making was: don't settle until you're sure. Yeah, take your time. Taste all the drinks before you do another. So linking that to your story, that's probably what this lady. What's the lady's name again? Sorry, that's probably what this lady was doing. It when, doesn't say who she was, but. It oh. just says that Thomas Myers. No, but she, they was due to be married but, and a few days before the wedding. Yeah, she probably got this feeling that, you know what, if I marry this man, it will be the biggest mistake of my life. No, she had another man already lined up. Yeah, he because her next man, she must have thought... I bet she I bet she was married to this next man forever. you got to do what you got to do. Don't block your blessings. Well, what I'm going to say is it really messed up Thomas Myers. Did it? Yeah, because <laughs> he went insane. Oh no. So I'm going to tell you, everyone listening, and Rosie. Cheers to that. The potential... Break their heart, they go insane. No, don't clink the two glasses on my behalf. Thank <laughs> you. This is why you shouldn't do this to someone. Okay? Okay, if you say so. I mean, maybe let them know before they buy a house, furnish it, and it's a couple of days before the wedding that you're not letting them know. Because <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Myers went insane. He barely left the house and he started sleeping all day and spending all day in the bedroom and began roaming the house at night. Apparently he was muttering strange things and shouting and he was scaring the neighbours and the people walking by when they heard the noises that was coming from the house. But no one ever saw him. Yeah, he's giving dramatic. Well, he had two, like, living... I think they were servants, and her one was a maid, so they lived with him, and even then he didn't like keep up with the maintenance of the house, and it started to become really run down and dilapidated, until Thomas died in the house at age 71, which isn't very old. So in 1773, he died from what they called paralysis agitans, which is another term for Parkinson's. So apparently he died from Parkinson's and then the house was in such a bad state that when he died, it got left to his sister, but his sister come to the house, saw the state of the house and was like, no thanks. And she just stayed in the house. Yeah, she was like, no. The year before he died, the tax man come to the house because he was being taken to court for not paying his taxes. But when the tax man got there, he saw the state of the house and said, we're not going to charge any tax on this house. Really? Yeah. I mean, so if you want to avoid tax, <laughs> live in a dump. I mean, 
who doesn't live in a dump nowadays in this economy and cost of living crisis. Preach it. No one can afford to upscale their life, isn't it? But <laughs> that's, that's a whole a, other episode. Yeah, that's a whole different. But yeah, so the state of the house and the fact that no one saw him leaving, only heard someone screaming and shouting and making noise at night and roaming around the house at night time. Mm. And then the state of it, you know, obviously if you see a house that's all run down, you're going to think it's a haunted house. 100%. So I think that's what started the ghost stories as well of the locals. So after he died, it was abandoned until 1880. And then a major Dupree and his wife moved in, but they didn't stay in the house long. And then in 1884, so four years later, Lord and Lady Selkirk, I think it's pronounced, S-E-L-K-I-R-K. So Lord and Lady Selkirk moved in. I don't know what happened to him, but apparently the wife was there until she also died of old age in 1924. So a few people have died, but of old age, I guess. Well, he died of Parkinson's, she died of old age. So then after that, so that was 1924, and then I think it was left uninhabited until, um, like I said, the booksellers bought it in 1938, because they bought it in the state and then renovated it. So I'm guessing in then, what, 14 years? I want to go look at this place. You can, you can go look at it. It looks completely different today. Let me show you. Yeah, this is what it looks like. Okay. So it's like a big, tall Georgian house. It's like penny blue. It just looks like... Townhouse. Standard Mayfair. Yeah. Probably blends in with the rest of the... Yeah, like, if you walk past it, you wouldn't think, oh, it's got, like, a history of being the most haunted house in London. Definitely not. Okay. Uh, so that's the history. Now, are you ready for the ghost stories? That's what I'm waiting for, girl. Mm. Okay, so, the ghost stories. The attic is said to be the worst, most haunted room in the house. Apparently... It's haunted by a young woman who jumped out of the window to escape her abusive uncle. Oh, Lord. And she appears as a brown mist, scaring people to death. Some of these stories, I can't find the history, but apparently these are the ghosts, whereas some of them have a bit more history and context to them, like, which you'll see as I go along. Okay. Yeah. Another ghost is said to be a boy who was fed through a hole in the door. I mean, so child neglect. Yeah. Apparently there's a girl in a Scottish kilt, but I couldn't find anything else on this other than apparently she's there. Yeah. Who saw her? Why? How she got there? I have no more information. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't have time to do any further digging. Yeah, apparently there's a girl in a Scottish kilt, so... Um, yeah, that's her. Okay, and then according to Mayfair magazine... In 1879, they told two stories. So at that time, I think there was a lot of um, hype about supernatural and hauntings. So newspapers and articles and stuff would report on hauntings in the news. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not a topic in the news today. But back in this time, it was quite a common thing for them to report on these things. So Mayfair magazine told two stories. Apparently... A maid stayed one night, and the next day, she was found to have gone mad and sent to a lunacy asylum, where the next day, she died. So, apparently, I don't know what happened, but they found her, she was insane, they sent her to an insane asylum, and she died the next day. I'm trying to get my head around that. 
Yeah. So she she lost it. So a maid stayed, and the next day they've gone, another maid has lost her mind. Yeah. So then they've shipped her off. To an asylum. As they would in them times. Yeah. And, and she died. The day after she was at the asylum, she was only left one day because she died. She was probably scared to death. I mean, something happened to her, and she lost it, and she died. So... So she could have seen something so traumatic that it made her lose her mind, but which is fine, like that happens. But um, no, when I say that happens, like, that can... Because she go to bed one night and wake up insane. No, but I mean, if you see something so traumatic, I feel like it can like do something to your brain. They say that like when people go through trauma, yeah, they can become... Well, this is a common theme with this house. So I don't actually know the scientifics, but... Can you be scared to death? Maybe you have a heart attack and you can die. Yeah, but what about a few days later, though? A day later? Maybe what she saw, she was so scared that it drove her insane, but she had constant anxiety, so her blood pressure was (laughs) up. We know about constant anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, and then maybe her levels went up, and then she was just so stressed that everything was just pumping too much. too much. And And her body shut down. Well, it doesn't say how she died. Maybe they killed her. Who? The people at the asylum. If you want to research into it and find a true crime story, feel free. Am I? Am I? I don't know. But that's, okay, that's a really interesting. All we know is that she stayed one night and the next day she woke up and she had gone insane to the point where they had to send her to the asylum. I know what happened. Okay. I want you to analyse every ghost. <laughs> no, I won't, because we all day. <laughs> but I think what happened, my brain is going into overdrive. I think what happened was, okay. like we've said ten times, she got scared to the point where she went insane. Mm-hmm. She went to the asylum. They did electrical shock therapy on her. They're not going to do that They used to day. do that. They, yes, they did. Or they gave her medication that she was allergic to, but you wouldn't know because it's not every day that you... You know when they're like, do you have any allergies? Not that I, know, I always say not that I know of because they could give you something that you've never yeah, had. You're allergic. So they've even injected her with something to calm her down and she's died. Or they've electrocuted her brain so much that's fried and died. Look, <laughs> that's look, Rosie's theory Rosie's conspiracy theory is 101 this is a really good story I love stuff like this I mean there are many more ghosts to come okay I'll, I won't so analyse them all you speculate what really really happened to her but that's the most logical explanation but this, carry on this woman has actually just checked in and she's died maybe she had a heart attack as well you don't know. maybe they all had carbon monoxide Poisoning. Is they this a hundred and one ways to die in the same Because <laughs> they didn't. Because they didn't have. Because they didn't have. Um, they didn't have a carbon monoxide alarm. Rosie, I think <laughs> all of these things would explain. I think the thing is that her insanity led to her dying potentially. I have no more information. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. no, I'm just trying to understand. This isn't the mystery. There's okay. more. Right, let me tell um, you. Carry on. I won't do it with the rest of the ghosts. Can't, no promises. You will. You can't help yourself. I know. Right. <laughs> I've lost my place now. Sorry, I have that effect. <sighs> uh, okay. Okay. So the second story mm-hmm. from the magazine. Oh, God, I don't even want to tell you now because I don't know what's oh, no. going to come out of your mouth. You conspiracy. Another man stayed the night. Mm hmm. And was found dead the next day. 
after ringing the bell for help. But I don't think anyone went to help him because they just found him dead the next day in the room. Oh. What do you want to say? I can see your face. You're about to burst. I just feel like maybe... He He rang the bell for help. So something must have happened. Yeah, something must have happened, but I don't know why... And he probably did give himself a heart attack. He was so scared to death by what you see and they didn't find him until the morning. Yeah, well, something happened because he was... In a lot of the stories, it says that he was vain for ringing for help because whatever he was ringing for help for couldn't have helped him because he died. So... Yeah, no, but There was no point in ringing the bell because... The bell wasn't going to save you because it didn't. I'm not being funny. What else are you going to do? If you're panicking, you're going to call for help. These people are brutal these times. I have sleep paralysis, and I'm and if you had sleep paralysis and you're screaming for help, but really you're not you're not doing nothing. No, and I never want to. Have you not had sleep paralysis? No, you don't want it. My dreams are enough, but we don't want to talk about them. I need to start trying. I feel like you dream of minions playing like drums. And they've got like black smudged make- eye makeup on and they're really angry and aggressive. And then in comes a koala bear in a pink tutu. Like, I feel like that's <laughs> what your brain does. I feel like that's what goes on in your brain. No, my dreams are like films. Oh, nice. And they're actually like action, thriller, horror, intense films. And last night I had one and I was like, I said to myself in my dream, oh my God, you need to remember this when you wake up. And it always happens. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, what happened to my dream? I need to write it down. Because it's like a movie. And then I just can't remember it. So here we are. I can't relate. I'm sad thinking about my lost dreams. Now. I don't really dream. My dreams are so intense. I have some like bad dreams, but you shouldn't share bad dreams. But what? Because like you, you're not supposed to like share bad dreams. If you have bad dreams, you don't actually put them. You're, into you're your just words. meant to just like you just have the dream and then it's gone. You don't share your bad dreams. But I have some like the type of dreams I have. You know the ones right before you wake up. They're things that I like kind of don't I'm not aware of, but things that like will just make me so happy in life. And I'm like, oh, and then nice. I wake, yeah, and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, that was a dream. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Oh, have a dream. Don't make it better. I need one. Here's to your lost dreams. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> stop it. No, you need to stop doing that every time. Oh, no. Right. Do you want to hear the next ghost? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. So a famous ghost hunter of the 1920s and 30s called Elliot O'Donnell. He was Irish. Apparently he gave a lecture or something and he told two stories of hauntings at Barclay House. This is So this is the first one. In 1880, a major who, he said that he didn't believe in ghosts at all and he decided to stay the night. Okay. In the middle of the night, a gunshot was heard and when they went to the room, they found him in bed holding a smoking revolver. <gasps> Killed so, himself. No. This is the thing. He was dead in the bed and his gun had gone off and it was smoking, but he hadn't shot himself. <sighs> he shot something else. So this is apparently the thing. Apparently he was... He didn't say anywhere that he shot himself because I had... If he shot himself, he would have said... Yeah, would have said, said, no, yeah, he yeah. was found dead holding the smoking gun. 
Oh my goodness. This must be real. These things must happen. These can't all be coming from nowhere. Well, it's hard to tell because the ghosts were like reported by different magazines and ghost hunters, which I think was a more common profession back then, seeing there was more hype in the supernatural and stuff. So mm. it's like speculation. Okay. Um, the other story that the ghost hunter had was apparently told to him by a lady who had told it to his aunt. So it was meant to be a reputable source. Mm-hmm. So the lady said uh, she told him that there was a captain who came to stay in the haunted house despite the reputation of the hauntings. And it was agreed that, I think he was staying in the attic, so a lot of this took place in the attic, which was sent to be the haunted room. So it was said that it was agreed that he would ring the bell once mm-hmm. every hour on the hour if all was okay. And then he would ring it twice if he needed assistance. Yeah? Yeah. So once on the hour, every hour, everything's cool. Yeah, it's like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. He'll, yeah, he'll just twice ring it once. if you need help. And then, yeah. So um, at 12 o'clock, the bell rang once. At 1 o'clock, it rang once. And then at 2 o'clock, the bell rang twice. So the woman and her fiancé her fiance, ran up to the room to see what was happening. But on the way, they heard a gunshot. And apparently, when they got up there, the captain was found sitting upright in his bed, holding a, a gun. Again? Yeah. But he was dead. And apparently, he had a look of, like, fright and terror on his face. Mm. Like, apparently, the expression on his face was, like, so mortifying, they couldn't really, like, look at him. But he was sitting upright holding a gun that had gone off. So, oh, my God. It's just scary. But I don't know how he rang the bell. I'm glad you're staying tonight. <laughs> Is this scaring you? Yeah. You'll be fine. It's at Barkley House. It's not here. So. But I don't know how the bell rang. And he was, I don't know. But he was sitting upright in bed. The gun went off. I'm scared. And he was scared to death. So. I'm scared to death. Don't get scared. <laughs> Things like this really scare me. Why? It's okay. No, seriously. Well, you're in it now. You're going to have to listen to the rest. I'm sorry. All right, go on. You're going to tell me about some gruesome thing. How do you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> you told me earlier via WhatsApp, my story is fucked up in capital letters. <laughs> it is. Why do you look proud of yourself? <laughs> like, you've no, the most I'm thinking horrific because, story. Because... And it was an achievement. You're like, the worst, the better. No, because it's not the worst. Because basically, I was like such just having a browse of what I actually want to cover, so I kind of have an idea of ones that I want to go over, and they just get worse. And then I thought, am I well? Okay, we have to work our way up to that kind of. Time yeah, right? slowly, slowly. Fine. Okay. Continue. Okay, so after the captain, so there's another story about two sailors. There's three versions of this story. <laughs> <laughs> what was that arm movement? <laughs> is this a sailor dog <laughs> you're so lucky we don't do video video YouTube can you imagine video podcast yeah because our reputation if we had one would cease to exist often I mean yeah <sighs> okay so this 
There's two sailors. Yeah, but there's three versions of this story. So I'm unclear of if there was multiple lots of two sailors or if it's the same story that had been told in different ways. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you all of the variations of the story. Okay. Okay, so there was two sailors and they took refuge in the house. I think they didn't have any money. They didn't have any way to go away far. So the house was abandoned. So they went in there for refuge for the night. And then when they was there, apparently a thud was heard from the door and then they saw something that made the first sailor die of fright on the spot while the other was found wandering the basement a raving lunatic. Can we say raving lunatic? You can when you're referencing a story. I know like it's an old term. But, no, but you're just referencing what they're saying. You're not saying that A person that you're... who's mentally ill. Okay, probably in today's day and age we wouldn't use that term. But describing the story is fair enough because oh, that's what they said, no? The term lunatic derives from the Latin word lunaticus, which originally referred mainly to epilepsy and madness. Oh. As diseases thought to be caused by the moon. By the moon? Mm. Um, so you could call him a raving lunaticus. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Lunaticus? <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, so apparently no, it's outdated and offensive. But in Which terms of the story... Yeah, this is just quoting. So, to quote, one sailor died of fright on the spot and the other was found when in the basement, quote, a raving lunatic. The second version was two sailors who were called Bert and Charlie. They saw something scary. And then Bert ran to the window, climbed out and slid down the water pipe. And then Charlie was found wandering the house, gone insane. Oh, so there's similar here. The third one, the sailors are called Mick and Bert. <laughs> I feel like they probably are the same story, but it's oh just no, been... Mick and Bill. Mick and Bill. Yeah. So the third one is Mick and Bill, the two sailors, uh-huh. were in the house, saw something supernatural. <laughs> Mick. What? Mick jumped head first out the window and broke his neck and died. Do you know how many times I thought about that? And Bill ran away and told the police what happened. Oh. I actually say that... Do you know what? I actually say that at work sometimes. What, why don't you jump out the window? No, I don't say to people, why don't you jump out the window? <laughs> I say, do you know what? You know, like, when it gets... Str- I say it like dramatic effects. I shouldn't really say it at all, but... I'm like, do you know what? Because the windows are old. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm it's like... an old building, right? Yeah, so I just say... I'm just like... Sometimes I'm like when people just pissing me off, I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to open the window and I'm going to dive out head first in a minute. <laughs> but now I know that that would break my neck. I probably wouldn't no, but that's say a that comment. as a joke. No, but... That is I don't thing. know how I thought I'd land. I thought I'd do some backflip, <laughs> land on my feet. No, there's one thing where people say, oh, you, you want to jump out the window... That's a common thing that people yeah, say. Yeah, but I always... Actually thinking about how you're no, going to land. Think, I don't think about it. But I, said, I always say I'm going to jump out the window head first in a minute. But I always picture myself doing like a backflip. No, that's fine. If... Landing and then running across the road to get myself a Starbucks <laughs> to help me calm down. No? No, I think when people imply they're going to jump out the window, what they're saying is, it's so bad in here, that's the only way for me to escape okay. and I'll yeah. fall to a injury or death. 
So do you think that these sailors that they're the same the same story, but it's just been like different? Because you know you said at that time, like ghost hunting was a profession, and basically, I think it's the way it's been retold. It's been like retold in their own ways. Like the ghost hunters writing their books, so they've like retold it how they want to retell it. But I think the gist is that there was two sailors. They saw something supernatural and terrifying in the house, Mm. and then one. One died or went insane. So one either died of fright, of fright. One either went insane and was found wandering the house. And then one either... Jumped out the window head first. Let me say again. And broke his neck. <laughs> no, but the same theme in all three yeah, stories yeah, is yeah. that one of them died of fright. One of them was found wandering the house, lost their mind after what they'd seen, and, and one of them got away. Okay. So that's the basic theme. So something along them lines happened to the sailors. So then next story is in 1907, another ghost hunter put the hauntings down to Mr. Dupree. Do you remember him and his wife? They moved in, but for a very short time. Yeah, yeah. Stay. Well, Apparently, he kept his mentally unwell brother locked in a room who was the boy who got Fred through a hole in the door until he died. Do you remember there was a boy that's meant to haunt mm. So another ghost hunter put that down to him, apparently. Wow. That's interesting. So that's it, but... I've just got another point here and it was just talking about what we were talking about, that there was a lot of newspapers, writers, ghost hunters who adapted the stories for their own writing. Another theory is that a caretaker made up some of the stories so the house wouldn't get rented. Um, and then also a lot of, you know, rumours and hearsay spread throughout the community just simply based on the look of the house and how derelict and run down it was. Mm. Um yeah, but apparently there has been no reported hauntings since 1887. Okay. Yeah. And then today, I could not find what it is today. There's a ghost tour and they go past it, but I don't actually know what the house is used for today. So well, it's probably like an office or something. Yeah, or it's rented or whatever. Yeah. There was no, nothing exciting or hype about it. So yeah. That is the story of 50 Barclay House. Thanks. I like that. You enjoy? I did. Has scared me, can't lie. Has it? Yeah, I told you ghosts and paranormal and all of that. It scares me. Yeah. When I heard this story, it scared me. When I researched the story, it didn't scare me. Yeah. So I think when you're telling the story and when you're hearing the story... You have two different takes on it. I felt completely. a bit cold. I felt a bit chilly. Yeah. When I heard this story, I was like, oh my God, that's yeah. terrifying. When I was yeah. researching it, I was like, this ain't that bad. Yeah, like when you're, when you're hearing that people are frightened to death and they're just propped up in bed, like... I guess you get detached from it. When you're researching. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. as a listener... It was a good one. I liked it. Thanks, Bill. So... What have you got for me? Question. What? I don't like questions. Question. What? Tell me. 
How do you feel? No, I don't. About clowns. Oh, clowns don't bother me. Do they not? Mm-mm. My sister is terrified of clowns and I think he's hilarious. Hmm. It's got a term. Has it? Yeah. Let me Google it one second. It's actually got a name. Phil? Oh, Everything's got a name oh. these days. Chorophobia? Chorophobia. Do you have any... What's your fears? You must have to have a fear of something. Um, I don't like heights. I will go up them. No, it's not heights. It's edges. Okay, yeah. It's high edges. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I'm on the edge, my legs start to feel funny. Mm. But apparently, that is something that you get as you get older. Yeah. Why it's is like, that? It's like a natural instinct thing, but it kicks in when you get older. Mm. Oh, and I don't like the dark... Yeah, I'm not too keen on dark that. Dark woods. Like, no one drive. likes dark g- Some, woods. No, people in the city don't like them. People in the country, they love it. They don't. They don't care. They they walk through pitch black country lane with no street lights, walking home every night. No, I'm good. They're thanks. fine. Me, Mm-mm. mine spiders. Okay. To no, no, to the point where I will have an out of body experience. <laughs> I promise you, one time I was I was doing something and I looked and the fat recent few months ago, that, the spider's probably here somewhere. The fattest spider was going across like I'm talking big, like it looked like it had bones and it had a booty. <laughs> right, walking across there to the point where I was like I screamed the house down. Someone probably thought it was being murdered. Oh, it's ridiculous. You screamed with no one to hear. I mean, the way I screamed, you'd think that someone would come and check if I'm alright. And no, I did. No. I couldn't get it. I mean, I, I couldn't even, like, I can't touch them. I can't even go that close with a hoover. Like, I just can't. My ex used to make me catch spiders because he wouldn't get them. That would be so big they wouldn't fit in a pint glass. One time I called my brother crying to come and get the spider out. Not that spider, years ago. He didn't do it. <laughs> Let's get to the story. Okay, but clowns, I'm fine. If you do have a... Little trigger warning, if you don't like clowns, probably don't listen to this. Fine. This is the killer clown. So... Is it it? No, it's Pogo the Clown. (gasps) Have you heard of it? Is it John Wayne Gacy? Yes. Mm. I feel like you said to me last week, whenever we recorded, you mentioned something about a clown. You You touched on someone called John Gacy. Or someone Gacy, right? Yeah, but it was someone else. Yeah. And he was like, oh, what, the clown? And then I started doing the story and then I thought, oh, yeah. That's you prob- you will, But everyone should, will probably know this because it's so well known. Yeah. I've got a little image for you. I mean, if I see this clown. Oh. No, I've seen that picture before. Oh. Even if I didn't know the story, that would scare me. His yes. face looks like my pug. Don't insult your pug. She's not a pug. She's the frog. Like the frog. The half Frenchy pug. Yeah, don't insult her. Because I'm never going to look at her the same now. I take it back. Take it back. Okay, so. John Wayne Gacy, also known as Pogo the Clown. Oh, stop saying Pogo. He called himself Pogo. I know, that, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Okay. Does it? It does, isn't it? Yeah. Pogo oh, the Clown. It. It's giving me a shiver in my spine. I know a clown called Pogo. Oh, it's Oh, it's like now it's on the chalkboard. So. Yeah, actually. Yeah. John Wayne Gacy, mm-hmm. 
On December 22nd, 1978, he confessed to the police to killing over two dozen boys and young men and burying their bodies under his Chicago home. He's a fucking sick bastard. (laughs) Yeah. No, he really is. (laughs) Your face is saying it all. How can Um, Chill go to kill and make yourself a cup of tea? No, no, all these bodies. Bodies under the house. He was convicted of the murder and assault of an estimated 33 young men and boys. So it was only like men and boys. It wasn't ever girls. Um, They were between 1972 and 1978, and he was later given the death penalty. Mm -hmm. Okay, a little bit about his history. Okay. So, Gacy was born in Chicago on March 17th, 1942. On the outside he appeared to have a relatively normal middle-class upbringing. Mm-hmm. However, if you dig a bit deeper, yeah. he had a very abusive dad. Yeah. So his dad was an alcoholic and also experienced health issues in his youth. Okay. I feel like this is a common theme with a lot of yeah. violent murderers. Parents. Yeah, they have a troubled upbringing. Not that... It excuses any of it, but yeah, it's definitely a theme that. We well, see. I don't really go too much into it, but yeah, with um, when I was researching, which I'll go into a little bit at the end, but like they were checking his like mental state, and there was loads of mm. theories. You know, you heard of Freud; he had like mm-hmm. theories, yeah, about basically like what you're saying, yeah, like yeah. their background, their parents, or whatever. Mm-hmm kind of has an influence on how they are. So there's yeah, like, yeah, is it mental health or is it actually just like kind of through... Is it nature versus nurture? Nurture, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. So his dad served in World War One, Okay. Which left him with some mental health issues. Yeah, which, not um, surprising. Which could have, mm-hmm. he could have just been an arsehole. Okay. But he also, this could have been why he became abusive. Yeah, because I don't think people were so wise up to that PTSD and the effects mm. of war and a lot of men's mental health. and They just went to war and then came back. Yeah. So I mean, there's still issues with everyone. it now. So imagine what it was like then, yeah, like, as yeah. in having like a support system when they come back. Yeah, of course. So he received the most abuse from his dad. It is thought that this is probably due to him being the only boy. Uh, he had two other siblings, but they were both girls. Karen and Joanne Gacy. Okay. So they all, he kind of, he like, his dad like abused his mum, would like abuse his sisters, like hit them, whatever. Yeah. But he got, he was like the punching bag. Worse. And it got to a point where he became voluntarily the punching bag. Oh. Yeah. Don't know if we'll be saying that later. No, but for any child to, yeah. you know, put themselves in the front line of the abuse to... So yeah, there are family members. I feel like if you go through something like that young, that could alter like your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, because you're still developing your mental yeah. state and the relationships you build affect how you mm. view things later in life. So, a hundred percent. It didn't say anything about his dad like sexually abusing him or anything like that. Okay, I don't know if he did or didn't. It was more like physical, like okay. hitting and things yeah. like that. He finally fled his family home in Chicago when he was just 18 after an argument with his dad and he headed for a fresh start in LA, Las Vegas. LA. Pate. Los Angeles. No, Vegas. I thought you said he went to LA. I did say LA, but it's LV. 
Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, I thought you said LA. I did say LA. I said LA with my chest, but it's it's LV, Las Vegas. I think I just wanted to say LA. Fine, he's in Vegas. Yeah, so he moved He moved to Vegas. He went to Vegas. He okay. went to Vegas for a new life. <laughs> Am I right? Also, it's Los and Las. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's Las Vegas. And Los Angeles. Our geography is not important. No, it's really, it's actually embarrassing. Do you know what? I'm going to do an online geography course. <laughs> Age just 18, he started working for the ambulance service, but they found oh. out that he was three years below the minimum age for the job. So, oh, because a lot of things are 21 in America, mm. right? So uh, they trans... You're not going to be saying R oh, later. No, but this person so far... Yeah. They transferred him to a low-paid job working at Palm Mortuary, where the bodies are. The salary wasn't enough for him to survive on, so his new bosses let him sleep on a makeshift bed set up at the back of the embalming room. Oh, how generous of them to... <laughs> It's right. paying him more so he could afford to live and sleep comfortably. They said, Just... rent the room next to the barming room. No, they let him sleep in it, sorry. They said, sleep on a makeshift bed in the back of an embalming room where they embalm bodies. Are you no, okay? No, but that's what I'm saying. Also, it takes a certain type of person to be able to work in a mortuary yeah. and sleep in it. Yeah. <laughs> so he so, okay. he lived like this for three months. Until he did something that shocked and upset even himself. Ooh. Okay. He, Gacy later admitted to the police that one night, the lure of the embalming room was just too strong. Mm, mm. That embalming. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Ick, ick, ick. Who gets lured by an embalming room? I know. He left his temporary room... And gently climbed into the coffin of a dead boy. Are you joking? I don't think no, I knew this. serious. There's a lot of, like, back stuff. Yeah. He climbed into the coffin of a dead boy and spent the night touching and fondling him. To the point where after he even was like, what the hell? With himself. He was like, what the hell? He recognised that he's that, that was disgusting, right. yeah. He was never caught interfering with the bodies at night, but later admitted to police that he would open the drawers where the bodies were stored <gasps> and speak gently to them. Listen, if I ever died as someone disrespected my dead body, best believe I would come back from... What do you mean? I'm opening, I'm opening your drawer. To disrespect my body? I'm not going to touch your body. He said that he opened the drawers where the bodies were stored and speak gently to them. But the other... Oh, sleeping in a coffin. Yeah, you're on your and own. Funding. Listen, if I die Ew. and someone disrespects my body, I will jump out of them clouds in heaven. I will spring back up from How the How do you go into heaven? Listen, oh, wherever I'm, there you go, you covered where, it. <laughs> wherever I am, best believe I will zip back onto this plane and let you know... Imagine. Imagine. I'll open your drawer, though, in the morgue and go... You can't even wait to the funeral. If you want me to do it at the funeral, it'll be more dramatic. I can do it at the funeral. <laughs> you can open the coffin. I'll open the coffin and go... Wake the fuck up, bitch. Bitch, I didn't say you could die yet. I know. Oh, darling, <laughs> I can't think about it. I will open the drawer to make sure that your makeup is how you want it to be. Okay, Because they do you. have people looking a bit funky. Like, can you make sure they don't put lipstick on me? I would like a gloss. 
hundred percent. Yeah, one that won't dry out. Yeah, a gloss. Yeah, one that won't. A dry nice out. gloss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eyebrows tweezed. Okay, fine. I need to leave this earth looking half cute. Give me a picture. I always say... Watch, we'll be like 91 years old, 99. Yeah, this is her we'll, in her pass, 20s. We will pass a picture of us in our prime. Yeah. 70 years old, you'll be like, uh, make, do her makeup like this. No, but seriously, <laughs> God forbid, touch wood never happens, but if I end up in hospital, can you come and make sure that... Your lips are glossed. My lips are glossed, my eyebrows threaded, I get laser, so don't worry about that, and my teeth are brushed. The teeth washing too. No, seriously, they don't brush the teeth, and the lips get dry. I know it's it's really sad. Actually. You don't re- you don't think of it. No. And also, like wipe wipe my bum. You want me to wipe your bum? Because they're not going to do it, and I don't want to wake up with nappy breath. <laughs> They'll wipe your. Okay, I'll do a bum bum chat. Yeah, and also I've got my lotion. I'll give you a nice bum wash daily if I can make you. <laughs> and I've got nice lotion. Not put some Nala's baby night oil on me. So that the skin is still, you know, soft. Anyway, I'll do it for you. When my mum had surgery, <laughs> listen to this. When my mum had surgery, I went to see her after her surgery, yeah? The big one. Yeah. Yeah? Do you know what I did? The surgeon <laughs> the surgeon came and told me off. Why? Because I pulled out my, I pulled out my mum's makeup bag and I started putting foundation on her. <laughs> Why? Because she looked like death. She looked dead. No, I walked in and she looked like a dead person, but alive. Was she, she did... awake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she needed like, a bit of colour. She was still in recovery. You're like... Yeah, she's still drugged up for the medication. Don't let anyone see you like this. <laughs> Being gone. And I'm just like, let me put some makeup on you. The surgeon came and was like, you know, it's just had like a major surgery. I know, but she looks a bit pale. That was only a few years ago. I've got no words. So I'm just saying, I'll do it for you to do it for me. Back to the story. <laughs> We're not well. Speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay, back to Gacy. <laughs> You're just processing what I just said. I was, no, and do you know what I just thought? What? When people hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep it. Mochi, you don't want to hear this. This is not for your young ears. When people hear what you have to... Yeah, but keep it. It's fine. <sighs> okay, fine. Cool. So... Back to his history. In 1964, Gacy married Marilyn Myers and moved with his wife to Lower. Okay. Where he managed his father-in-law's Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant. So, you know KFC? Yeah. I know that. <laughs> Why are you doing that face? Because you're thinking of the pie guy and now the KFC guy. No. Do you remember the... Kentucky Fried Goblins. Goblins. <laughs> <laughs> Check episode one to find out what we're talking about. For Bobby's Kentucky Fried Goblins. I wonder if they use the same seasoning. Not on the Goblins, I meant in... <laughs> I, mean, like, I meant in Kentucky. They've never, they've never fried Goblins. Let's not talk about the Goblins. Okay. Right, yeah. So, so yeah, his father-in-law... They managed the KFC. Yeah. Yep, yep. The couple had two children named Michael and Christine Gacy. Mm-hmm. However, Gacy's wife divorced him after he was charged with sexually assaulting one of his male employees. Yeah, good. Good for her. Four years later, That's the right in 1968, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison but was released due to good behaviour after serving only a fraction of his sentence. Yeah, so this is before, before anything. 
but it was later like discovered that they think that he killed at least two people before this marriage. Oh, okay. Of the 33. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, But so far, so he's probably already killed two people, but now he's just gone to 10 years for assault. But then he's gone to prison for sexual assault, come out and then carried on. Yeah, yeah. He moved, so they divorced. He moved back to Chicago and remarried Carol Hart. He was perceived as, as a respectable businessman who became involved in local politics and once had his picture taken with then First Lady Rosalind Carter. See, when I heard this story, I heard that he was quite a socialite. Yeah. He was quite charming. Yeah. He knew how to work people. And, you know, you had to Ugh. be a certain person. Doesn't it make you sick? Yeah, it does. To think that what people do behind closed doors, you'll never know. It's gross. He was leading a double life as mm. a sexual predator. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Your expressions are killing me. I love it. He committed his first murder in 1972. His victims included male prostitutes as well as teenagers, boys, teenage boys who worked for his company. Typically, he lured his victims back to his home and tricked them into being handcuffed or having a rope tied around their necks. He would then knock them out with chloroform and then rape, torture and murder them. It's disgusting. As he was a well-known community figure, like you you were saying, he sometimes dressed up as a clown to entertain sick children. That is... All of this is wrong, but that is... The sickest. So wrong on so many levels. Like, there's an extra sinister element Mm. to preying on sick, like, vulnerable... Yeah. More vulnerable. But what I think, it, I don't know, it didn't say, but what I, when I was reading, what I was thinking in my head was, he obviously dressed up as the clown to entertain sick children. Or his youngest victim was 14, still yeah. a child, but I think he, he entertained younger children with the clown. Yeah. And then maybe he, like, in his mind, realised that, Do you know what, this is a good disguise, let me continue this <sighs> over to his abuse. Okay, so his crimes initially went undetected... There was one particular victim that got him caught, and that was Robert Peast, like priest without the R. Okay. So Robert, a 15-year-old, part-time employee at a Nissan pharmacy, he was reported missing by his mum on December the 11th, 1978. Gacy was confirmed to have been at the store that day to discuss a remodelling deal with the owner, mm. Phil Torth. So, it was the victim, Robert, his mum's birthday on the day he was reported missing, and it is said that she had arrived. Aww. I know. Can you imagine? Poor lady. I know. It's her birthday. Someone was missing. I know. I know. But yeah, sorry, it was her birthday and what? So, it said that she'd arrived to drive him home. So mm. the family could celebrate her birthday together at approximately 9pm. His mum confirmed he had asked her to wait as he had planned to talk with some contractor. Uh-huh. Gacy wants to talk to me about a job. The contractor being Gacy, of course, who had reportedly offered him a job at a dub- at double the rate he was receiving at the pharmacy. Yeah, I bet he did. Yeah, of course he did. Because he's never going to pay him anyway. When his mum returned to collect him, he was nowhere to be seen. Something which was widely out of character 
who was reported missing to the Des Plaines shortly afterwards. I, I'm guessing that's like the local police. I probably butchered the name. The store owner informed police it was likely to be Gacy who had offered the boy a role and Gacy was later interviewed by police. However, he denied he had offered him a job, saying he would never give a full statement to the police later that evening. They're taking from the guy who has already been to prison. Yeah. He said, I'm not giving you a full for, statement. Bold. For, what was it, sexually assaulting his co-worker? Yeah. Okay. He did not attend the police station until the early hours of the following morning and arrived covered in mud, claiming he had been in a car accident. Wait, so what happened? They found him? Yeah, so they... So the store owner... So the mum reported the boy missing. Yeah, I got that. The police went to the store. The store owner said Gacy was probably the last person because he offered him a job. So he's so, the one that yeah. the boy was talking about. So yeah. he confirmed that to the police. Yeah, so he went to... Get, they went. To, the police went to Gacy, and he yeah. was like, "No, I didn't offer him a job, and I'm not giving you a full statement." Okay. Then he turned up at the station the oh. following early hours, the following morning, covered oh, in mud. So they went to him. Yeah. And then after he went to the station. Yeah, covered right, in okay. mud, yeah. saying he was in a car accident. Weird. Oh, he went to tell them he was in a car accident. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Fine. Fine. I know. It was mm. weird. Where's the car? <laughs> Where's the accident? I'm the police officer. Okay. <laughs> Where is the car? Where is the evidence? I think they were too focused on linking him to Robert, mm, mm, mm. who went missing. So he said, despite his denial, the police became increasingly suspicious that he was holding the 15-year-old at his home against his will. <gasps> and this obtained a warrant to search Gacy's house on December 13th. Good, yeah. Yeah. During the search, a receipt which indicated the victim had been inside of the property was uncovered. I don't. I didn't get how the receipt. Receipt for what? The pharmacy, because the boy was at the oh, pharmacy. Oh yeah, of course. Because he works there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he you're was, right. I yeah. Think I saw so it links him to being the there. Article. Yeah, they found the receipt of the pharmacy. Gacy was placed under police surveillance following the search. While under surveillance, he was caught handling illegal drugs and was arrested. It was at this point the serial killer confessed to the crime and several others, which led to a second search of his home where police made gruesome discoveries finding human bones in the crawl space of the property. No. You know, the crawl space, I'm imagining, you know, like suburban America, American have, houses, they houses. have that little bit, it's up and they have that little under That's bit. That's their houses are like raised. Yeah, they found human bones, babes. Grim. I just don't have any words for... What made them, like, really stick on him, though, was that when they looked into him, obviously he had the um, the sex crime that yeah. he went to prison for. Yeah. So, the police noticed a strong stench oh. coming from a crawl space, but at first thought it was from a damaged sewage pipe. That's how bad it smelled. But apparently there's a certain smell to death. and. Oh. Apparently, when you smell it, you know what it is without ever smelling it before. But I'm guessing if there's that many ants under the pool space, it's going to give off that kind of assumption. I can't even think about it. It makes me sick. But they smelt, they thought it was sewage, and then when they looked into it, they see loads of human bodies. But he lived there as well. Um, yeah, he's was sick. 
After okay. Gacy confessed, yeah. investigators recovered 29 corpses buried on his property. 29 bodies buried on his property, Bobby. You're sitting How there. Is his property? You're sitting there having your morning coffee or peppermint tea like you do. I don't and even think we could fit 29 people in this room. <laughs> no. No, we could <laughs> lay them out flat unless they're stacked in the corner. Ugh. Grim. I feel like in my head I picture this like suburban house. I know his house was suburban, it said, but then he has that. I feel like it had like a big patch of greenery around it, you know, like a garden. Let's have a look. John Wayne Gacy house. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Houses are nice in America. So we had like a garage, a storage shed. Backyard, but still, that's not big house. enough to have 29 bodies and you can't smell one of no, them. No, because like 26 were found in the crawl space. Oh my, so uh, actually, one under was found the house. under the garage, another in the garden. That's literally repulsing me because these type of houses they have like a bit underneath, a gap. Them, I think. Yeah, that's disgusting. I think it's common. You could definitely smell that. I don't care what anyone says. So, whereas the neighbors didn't smell it in common, yeah. Although, it doesn't look like there's a house too close by. Still. Like walking your dog, you'd smell that, surely. Still, look. Yeah, close enough. You think you smell enough, that? Close enough. Yeah. Twenty nine bodies. You're not going to smell it. Yeah. Unless, like you said, everyone just thought you would smell like a sewage. Because you would assume it was sewage. You wouldn't assume that it's twenty nine bodies piled up under your friendly neighbour. Into politics now, you know. You wouldn't think. Oh yeah. You just exactly. wouldn't put that together. Yeah. Where am I? So yeah, after he confessed, they just they recovered twenty nine corpses buried on his property, as well as four more that he had dumped in nearby rivers when he ran out of room at home. So he ran out of space. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take these to the rivers. Four more. There's probably more. Why did he keep them in his house? Maybe because he, he thought no one could find them. Probably, yeah. but then if they find them, they're going to find all of them. Wouldn't they be better in the river? Maybe not, because maybe the first one would have got discovered sooner, and then if he kept dumping them there, he wouldn't have been able to dump them there, because then they would have found him earlier. True. True. After his conviction, he spent 14 years on death row, during which time he made paintings of clowns and other figures that sold for thousands of dollars. So he's making money off this. Whoever is buying these things and condoning that is also... Not in a good moral standing. Like, that's not normal. Either. But people like write to murderers and marry them and stuff. I know, there's a certain psychological thing to it. It's gross. But I think it's more like because I don't think the person's ever going to come out. But who's going to give your money to a murderer of tr- young boys? 33. Exactly. 33 of them. It's disgusting. So he, he kept going, he, his lawyers kept going. For appeals, yeah, saying that he had multiple personality disorder. Okay, so he got examined. <laughs> okay, <Not> okay, <laughs> is that meant to help? I feel like this is too well thought out. To it's be... too far gone. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it got declined. They kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. It got declined. So after exhausting all his appeals, the fifty-two-year-old, who the media dubbed the killer clown, was put to death by lethal injection. And there's a list. I'm not going to read all the names, but we can add it yeah, underneath because okay. it's like it's a 
28 of the identified victims. The others weren't identified. The ones in the river? No, the ones, I think they're the ones under the... Bod, under the oh, so just four of them? Just yeah, so five, but five okay. bodies couldn't be identified. Oh. Yeah. So the youngest was 14 and the oldest was only 21. 21 is so young, 14. Imagine the five other victims' parents, they're thinking, is that mine, is it not? That's five families who don't know what happened to their son. Yeah. They just went missing and then found them. It's bad enough that the other 28 have to know, live with it, but but they know, so eventually they can try and get closure. Yeah, yeah. But the five have no clue. We're nearly done now. So... His, let's go into his mental health. So he was later diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. Okay. Um, and the doctors had deemed that treatment was unlikely to help him and it probably just resulted in him yeah, relapsing yeah. and blah, blah, blah. He was ordered to have psychi- psychiatric evaluation and he was examined for 17 days. This was before. Yeah. Because he was claiming, so they wanted to do their own work. That was all he was diagnosed with, antisocial personality disorder. Um, the year before his trial, he underwent over 300 hours of psychological tests at the Maynard Correctional Centre to see if he had mental competence to stand trial. He tried to convince the doctors, like I said, that he had multiple personality disorder, but that failed and he still went to trial. After his execution, his brain was removed and examined by Dr. Helen Morrison, who had previously interviewed him and other serial killers. So she was trying to find common personality traits of violent killers. Yeah, and see if there was any um, but similarity in the brain. After picking his brain, it showed no abnormalities. Okay. And that, my friend, is the end of that sick story. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> On this wonderful... <laughs> at this hour. It's just bizarre to me. Like, if you look at his normal picture... It does look like someone who works in politics and... Yeah, it take away, like, because we know... average Joe. Yeah. He just seems like, if you see him on the... He looks like a regular guy you'd see going into the office on yeah. on a tube, like, I mean, harmless. Probably smells like cigarettes and coffee. He doesn't look friendly. No, he doesn't, but he doesn't have that, like... His mugshot is one thing. His Pogo the Clown that's is a Pogo the Clown looks thing. terrifying. Even behind his eyes, he looks not there. Like, if I see someone like that... Why are they so sunken in? Probably the paint. He looks like a bulldog. That's terrifying. That wouldn't cheer up sick kids. Here he just looks like a moody man. But it just shows you, like, you just don't know. You just don't know. But yes, that is my story. Did you enjoy that? This lovely evening? Um, I mean... Thank you for the story. I wanted to say I enjoyed... I feel like that's drained you, just listening. It's sad. It's it's, it's, it's sick and twisted. Yeah, it is disturbing. But you know they're only going to get worse. No, I feel like that's one of them ones where it's like... It's up there. Mm. Because of how many young boys he killed. 33 that are put them under his bed. like Under his house. What does that say? Under his bed. Under his bed. 
you imagine? I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, if he put one under his bed before they got put under But even the, when he was younger, the sleeping in the coffin thing, when he was 18. Yeah, he's clearly not well. Yeah. Mentally, he's clearly got some issues. Mm. Yeah. All right, well... Thank you for that. Should we watch a nice cosy movie to like yeah, distract us from to. that? Go and eat some picky bits, watch a film, drink some more prosecco, and try and forget about this horrible nightmare. Sometimes I think should I throw in like maybe uh, you know I'm doing true crime, yeah, but that doesn't mean that they have to be gruesome. I feel like should I throw in like a white collar crime where you know people aren't getting murdered, but then I feel like I will we do need that. To find something to finish it on a high. Do you know what I mean? You know, like when you watch a horror, then you have to watch something funny after. Yeah. So it's not the last one. Maybe when mine are super heavy, I should tell the story first. Or, I've got an idea. Why don't we find funny (laughs) crimes? Funny crimes. Yeah. Funny true crimes. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm going down a very dark path. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Some of the ones that I have listed are dark but what i'll do is i'll throw some not so gruesome they don't have to be violent mix it up i'll mix it up we've got forever it's true fine okay we'll look into it we'll think of some things that maybe we can finish with you shall get what you're given i will give something light to ease your soul after listening to these traumatic events oh it is disturbing let's watch a cute film cool all right Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay weird. And wonderful. Yay! Whoop! And drink wine. Okay, bye. Bye! Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review. You can also find us on Instagram at wineweirdwonder. Until Until next week. week! Bye! Adios.